0: This is Film Club. Welcome everyone to another episode of ABTTG Film Club. This is the bonus episode. So this was suggested, picked, and watched by you, the listeners. Um, And we have three exciting guests. (laughs) This, uh, we'll just see where it goes. The first of its kind Obviously, we would recommend watching Departures before listening to this because we will not shy away from spoilers. And it is a really beautiful movie that I think is very much worth watching. Um, So we highly recommend watching before listening. And we also recognize that when we started doing this, you had three full months to watch it. And because of life circumstances, that got cut short. So I know a lot of people maybe didn't get a chance to watch it before this so don't feel too bad about that always watching and then engaging in it this way and sharing your thoughts afterward it's much appreciated what were everyone's favorite characters favorite scenes favorite aspects of filmmaking kind of just the general things that help us start percolating about our reviews
1: I've watched a lot of Korean dramas I've watched some Chinese dramas this is my first Japanese drama and I just loved it I thought it was it was just beautiful I just I love the main character I think he's probably my favorite character the Anything with a cello nowadays that the Monson family is, is mm-hmm. beloved. So <laughs> that made it even more special that he was he was a cellist. One of the scenes that was sad that we just I think Laura and I maybe she already said was when they had the octopus and when it was still alive, they <laughs> thought they could save it, but then it was just dead in the water. It's like yeah. IMDB said that was foreshadowing his um job was <laughs> Working with death. But yeah, anyway, I definitely was, I'll talk about that, was, that a bit more yeah. later.
2: Well, you say that, you know, you cry during that part and, you know, the other touched you. If you want to watch me cry during uh, a lot during a movie, you should watch, because I'm almost crying every scene. Every scene <laughs> touches me in some ways. And I keep saying, this is just a movie. This is just but, but it's done so well and it, there's so much emotion involved in it. Uh, the Japanese title, Okuribito, actually means one who sends off. So I like the de- English title departures, a little bit euphemistic, which is what the ad was, you know, that tricked him into to getting this job was departures. And I think I think it uh, captures the feeling that, that kind of the euphemism, the vagueness of what's this about? What is, you know, a picture, what that means, but also in the Japanese of, it's about him who he's sending these people off. But in, in so doing, he's bringing people together as well. For me, of course, seeing Japan in every scene and seeing the elements and images of how the Japanese live and their culture—you know, the, the town, just everything about it—of course, was very powerful for me and meant a lot to me. And I think that the the translation, the the the, the uh, subtitles are spot on as far as the, what the dialogue is. But in the Japanese language, of course, a little bit is lost in translation with idioms with the. Different levels of Japanese, depending on where you are in the social structure. So the boss is talking to him very much using very different language of politeness than he than Daigo is talking to to the boss, Mm. you know, and so on through that. And so uh, when there are those confrontations uh, when he was late the level of politeness that he uses is just out, you know, astounding. You know, you, you just, so it was really fun to hear that, that apology, not, you know, you can do it in English as well, but, but it's so, so powerful in Japanese. And so, that added to the texture a lot and like say the delicacy with that. And I wonder would this film have had the same meaning and impact if it were set in India or Mexico and they, they did their their rituals and their approaches to death the same way. So, so of course it has, has a great meaning to me that way.
3: My favorite scene was when he is the model for this (laughs) this (laughs) scene when they're filming him and they're like, this is how you are going to, Prepare a body <laughs> like they put the makeup on him and it's just so funny and i love the boss who was like rachel my favorite character
0: my favorite <laughs> he's She's the best
3: he's so funny he's like okay it's necrotic issue is really fragile so you have to be careful and he cuts him he's just like whoops <laughs> <laughs> and like tygos just be like ah and he's just like it's just a scratch it's okay you're fine <laughs> i just love that whole scene was really comical and just fun
0: I love he's my favorite character I feel like he's just so grounded maybe it's just because the other characters seem like they have a lot of growth to do or there's a lot of different character arcs that go with them but he just like seems so wise and like he's been through it and so he, you just I don't know why I'm like always they like my favorite characters tend to be kind of the mentors or the wisest of them all so it just well, and and he's I feel- also so funny like you say
3: Yeah, and I mean, you kind of get the sense in the film that, oh, it's this job that's kind of socially outcast. Mm -hmm. And he's just above that. Like, he doesn't buy into that. And so it's refreshing to have a character that can see beyond some of the social mores and whatnot of just like, no, this is how it is. And it's an important job. And it needs to be done. And... And I I liked how much he talked about he would invoke like fate was really interesting, but we can get to that later.
2: I think my favorite character was the boss. I just loved every scene that he was in and his approach, his attitude – when he came in and said, "You know, you're your res- you're hired. Will you work hard? Yes, you're hired." You know, um, uh, through the whole thing was this rock. He was kind of, he was kind of a rock, you know. He just went about his but but his trust in in Diego and turning turning the you know the job over to him and, and seeing what he was. I just I really liked the boss. I think the, my favorite scene. There were so many beautiful, memorable ones, but I think when he was eating with the boss, when uh, in the boss's office, surrounded by all those green plants life life just surrounded by life and they were eating and the way they ate and what he taught him and told him at that time at the time when Di- when daigo was was planning to quit
4: my favorite well the part that made me laugh so this movie i said in my letterboxd review is the only movie i think ever that has made me laugh or made me cry from laughter and sorrow <laughs> oh <laughs> i i think i was also at the time of the month where I'm more emotional than others, <laughs> But the part that I cried, I was laughing so hard, was after he had helped him with that really decayed dead body, and he goes to the bath, and he's just, like, scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing, and he, like, I don't even remember what he does. He, like, gets in what soap in his nose and then like sniffs it out of his nose and for some reason that just sent me I don't even know I have to like go back and watch (laughs) the scene because but I know that's when I cried from laughing because or just like his reaction just like ah like as he's coming like uh, very relatable
3: (laughs) general things I liked I thought the music was really beautiful and that can be discussed in depth later and i also liked i guess you'd call it the cinematography just some of the shots like when they go by the light and then the next scene is when he's a little kid playing his cello his parents like they just had some cool shots like that that i thought look at that shot and i'm noticing this shot that they're doing right now <laughs>
0: definitely some cool camera work going on like d- the different ways that they would like set up the shot and like how they would frame it, especially mm-hmm. scenes that seemed of little importance. Like sometimes when he was just like walking in his hometown, like hometown seemed to be a really big theme throughout it as well. Like there's a lot of discussion about returning home and kind of re- returning home to die in a lot of ways. And that like mm. these larger themes of accepting death, like you're saying, like the scimitar really reinforces that the editing of when he's playing the music. And there's this like montage of all these childhood scenes back to back to back. That's a... Again,
2: like returning home. So super interesting. All the, the aspects of filmmaking worked together, directing, editing, the, the, especially the music and the writing uh, to address those those universal subjects with, with a uh, unique approach. Again, I think the life lesson, besides the obvious connection of death to the process of life and acceptance of that as part of the circle of life is how uh, peaceful and reaffirming the value of life and each day of life is. When, when Daigo's playing the cello in kind of random places out, you know, just would he really drag his cello out there and play? Maybe so. But, uh, you know, during the different seasons and, and the birds are flying over and there's the images of nature, it, it brings to me about this feeling of wholeness and the beauty of life. And, and so this movie, instead of being a downer about death and depressing about death, it is really an affirmation about our individual and everyone's individual existence.
4: I thought it was interesting I don't know I just am thinking like the first it just opens on such like a silly note and like you like you were saying when he's being the model for the tutorial video and then it just doesn't it becomes not funny at all like it's just super emotional at the end and that I feel like that trend happens a lot in film like Mm. it kind of Catches you with the funny parts, and then it once you're caught with that, then it just becomes really deep. And like I feel
0: like I've noticed that in other films as well. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some of the topics we've identified we want to talk about. So our first topic is rituals surrounding death, um, and kind of like the relationship of the living to the dead within those rituals. So this is one that I identified, and because I'm like super interested in it, the way that different cultures. Across time and space, how they deal with death and how they like cope with death and what like meanings they make of death through ritual is like so fascinating to me. So, I don't feel like I know that much about Japanese rituals with death beyond like Shintoism and you know, kind of revering ancestors and different things like that. So, it was really cool to see this like very specific ritual that's like done with death, like not at the moment of death, but like soon thereafter before burial before a funeral or grieving or anything like that and it's related in a lot of ways I think to like how we've become separated from that process especially in America where it used to be like someone close to you dies and you are the one that keeps that body in the house and you watch it decompose and you're the one that like dresses the body and washes it and prepares it and then viewings are like in your house so you're very very close to death right and then because of disease and different cultural trans- like transitions we step away from that where gradually we become farther. And farther removed from death until today, someone is close to you dies you don't see that body until like some complete stranger handles everything, the preparing of the body. and You only see it at the viewing when that whole process is done. So they do kind of talk about that where it's like, oh, the family used to do this and now we do it. (laughs) But the family still very much is like participant in the ritual. And it was, I loved it. It brought up so much. There's like such great loving care for the body through the ritual. And that's something that's really, really emphasized at the end when the same care is not given to his dad. Right. And you're like, oh no, like even mm-hmm. though I had like so many mixed feelings for his dad, right? Like even though I don't know, just like the complicated relationship that they had, and then you're also like, wait, this body still deserves like the re- same, yeah, respect and treatment, and like that is such a beautiful moment when he's the one that gets to to do it. So yeah, I love that. Like even though the families don't participate in like the physicality of preparing the body for a funeral, they're still an important part of it, and it really like drew out a lot of different reactions of how people approach death and how they like work with grief. There's so many examples of the families just like fighting and arguing and like the anger that comes up and the hurt that comes up. But then there's like, so many beautiful moments of gratitude after they've come and, and prepared the body. And then like the family is just like so incredibly grateful because it's kind of like they're awkwardly there like, witness to all this like family drama amidst all this hurt and pain. Like you have done us a service and like you have helped alleviate some of the grief that is inherent in death. I also loved the, just the different things that they would ask for, like the lipstick and the socks. (laughs) The one that was so interesting for me, besides like, because I think arguing and gratitude and like sadness and the different emotions that come up. The one that was my favorite was the, I think it was the grandpa. The mom was like so, so sad. And then like the kids were like so happy and they were like kissing grandpa, but they were like in light spirits and like joking. It was so, (laughs) it was just really sweet. So just kind of like the different ways of like the gratitude for the person, but then also there's so much that goes into grieving data. I'm glad you're here to kind of lend more of like a, you have a lot more familiarity with Japanese culture and I'm excited to like hear some of your insights into like the different ways that grief is explored in this film.
2: I, I think from what I've heard, what you said, uh, you're exactly on. Everybody in the world experiences grief and loss and mourning I think that's why this this film appeals because you can see the universality of the approach to grieving and how families do fight and argue and there's anger over over the accidental death and and young death and how people you know obviously it's a film and so they they try to you know create those different approaches different emotions toward toward death but I think I think that is what is something that is universal about this. This film is that everybody dies. Every culture has ritual, and you know what is the purpose of ritual? Uh, every culture, religion, you know, uses relies on ritual. Uh, what's the purpose? I think to try to make a sense of difficult things, to try to bring structure to things that are that are hard or or unexplainable. It's also you know to teach and to allow community. I think I think one of the interesting things is that it shows how grief and loss and that mourning ultimately brought families together and people together. You know, the the film is more about joy and the value and the celebration of life, I think, than the heavy and tricky subject of death.
0: And grief. Um, And grief, yes. And and that's like so true because the rituals surrounding death are not for the dead, right? They're for the living. They're for the living to cope and like process.
2: Yes, I mean, it's to honor the dead to respect the dead to remember the dead what they've brought what they've meant to that person mm-hmm. but also to process the loss of that and you know in a sense to celebrate just a little bit of, of background uh, you know how many how many films have death in them or deal with, but this this hits it head on you know every story every tale is is related to death i mean it's talk about you know, a, a death over and over and over again. They're not murdered, but there's there's so much death in there. But it doesn't, you know, with this this balance, near perfect of balance of, of of being serious but also humor. Mm-hmm. You know, the the first the first body that he goes to find and how horrible an experience. I could hardly <laughs> that would that be, part. and yet how f- almost funny. what well, you know, just like oh my god, oh how you know, and this um. We're talking about Japanese uh, culture from Saturdays, from Feudal Day, the people who worked with death and dead bodies, uh, there was so much stigma attached to them. They were unclean. They had to go through these purifying rituals, and there was discrimination. These people lived in a separate part of town that that was, you know, they were the lowest of the low, and, and you saw the friend and the wife, like, how can you deal? you know, the, this is the worst thing, possible job. I mean, the have. wife even says to him, is, like, you're filthy. She says it. Yeah, yes, Damn. yes. And so whether the film is trying to address that in modern Japanese culture mm. and uh, the Japanese is such a, a, so steeped in tradition,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, ancient tradition that I think those, those uh, attitudes are really difficult for them to change. And so I think this film was an attempt to to address that it was 15 years in the making from the time that Daigo, you know, the, the main the protagonist thought about making this film after he went to India and saw uh, a, you know, a ritual on the Ganges, uh, he returned to Japan. And, and so it took him a long time to make this. And they, then they after they made it, they couldn't get a distributor mm. because no one wanted to deal with this subject. Hmm. And it was until they, until they won an award, I think, at a, a film festival in Montreal, that they were finally able to get distributorship of it. Wow! And even though you know it's a distinctly Japanese film, and and from a Japanese perspective, I think those universal themes are present and has touched people around the world.
0: I really appreciated kind of continuing with this like re- relationship of the living to death rituals. We did have these really. These people that were close to him reject him for his job. But then when it hit close, like when it hit home for them, when it was people that meant a lot to them that he was now like working with and working on, that is what helped him realize how important and how necessary these rituals are for processing grief. That's really interesting background to, to add into it just because, yeah, it, that was like my one of my favorite aspects of the film was just there was so much, I think, for him dealing with death and coming home and grappling with his own mortality and then also mm-hmm. this like cultural acceptance around working with death like it just seemed like it, there's so much pushback initially and then throughout the film you really see this growth of accepting death and accepting like this happens to everybody like it's and we'll talk a little bit more like the life to death comparisons a little bit later but
2: as you mentioned you know it, it became the beauty of that ritual mm-hmm. it flowed you know it was so japanese with melodic almost flowing of how the washing and 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 the 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 removal of clothing and 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 that and you know the delicacy of his hand motions Mm
1: -hmm. was something
2: that i really noticed and of course in japan in the tea ceremony you know the hand motions and in a lot of 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 traditional japanese theater and so on hand motions are so important not that they aren't in other places as well but that is you know there's there's very ritualized, stylized motions that you go through.
0: I think my favorite was because you you see like edits of it throughout the film, and then like during the credits, you just like got to watch it
3: in its entirety and its mm-hmm. and beauty. So something that I thought about as far as like living relationship to the dead with the rituals is how much it actually aff- affirms our own humanity mm-hmm. to watch the boss and, and later Tygo. It, it, like it became sacred that he would take this dead body and treat it with such respect really affirmed his humanity because he has no idea what this person did in their life. Like maybe they weren't that great of a person or who knows, but no matter what they did, it was still like this person deserves to be respected at the end of their life. And the movie kind of touches on it. Like death is so unknowable even for people who believe in an afterlife like oh I I believe there's an afterlife and we'll see people again but even with that belief there's so much I don't know about death and there's so much I don't know about an afterlife and like you know we still miss those people even if we feel like they're not gone like part of them still exists somewhere right Mm -hmm. but and so I think to do that for a dead person even though we said like well it's more for the living the, the film talks about like well this is just the next step in the journey. So I mean to show the that person that respect at the end too, I think is really says something about our humanity.
0: Which is a fantastic transition to our next Ooh. topic, which is journeys. The one last thing I'm gonna say and the other thing that I thought was really interested connected to ritual was at the beginning when the like assistant secretary, like the lady that works for them, oh yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of separated that they like weren't undertakers, you know? Like it was like this other level of I don't know. The ritual was separate from these other jobs. Like it wasn't like they take the body and they are in charge of it from receiving it after death. So it just was interesting that like this is very much like specifically set aside for ritual and death.
2: And in that regard, uh, the nokanchi, which it was their profession, which now is is a, a dying profession. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> most Japanese live in urban areas and die in hospital and medical personnel prepare the body mm. and then the family takes it and 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 has the service and and it's cremated but so only in rural areas of japan which is why you know he went back to his his you know his hometown and it was in a rural area uh, do the nokanshi still still practice mm. it's interesting so oh. uh, and you kind of saw that at the end with how brutal and of course it was you know for the film, but how they were just going to throw the dad's body into a, into a box and like, no, you know, I, I, I need to prepare this and, and do that. So um, yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to to add that. I think we are talking about grief and loss and, and the connection with living and dead, the film handled death with grace and, and gravity, but also with humility and, and humor. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, it showed that death is a part of life, you know, much as, Birth is is a time of celebration and togetherness for families and and friends and so on. So is death. And it's it's an acceptance of that. I think that's a message of the film. It's about the the humanity that death brings to the surface that unites and and strengthens family bonds and allows people to have that shared experience
4: we kind of talked about it but just the my favorite one of my favorite funerals that they attend is when the husband I think is so annoyed at them for being like five minutes late Mm. and he's just really grumpy and then they do the ritual and you can just see on his face like his reaction to it and his how they're helping him process his emotions through this ritual and then at the end uh he thanks them and that i was like sobbing <laughs> during that part just cuz he his reaction to it i i was so moved by just how he was able to accept his wife's step and like say goodbye to her and that just through this ritual that they were performing for him and then at the end too i think he's able to come to terms with his dad and his relationship with his dad because of the ritual and like he never would have had that closure if he hadn't gone and did that service for his dad like he finds the rock because he's doing the ritual Mm -hmm. if he had just let them take the body away he never would have known that his dad had been holding that and so i i think that's also like a symbol of i don't know taking time to
0: mourn and do these rituals allows you to it matters yeah. yeah i like that you point that out because like the whole movie like it's his job obviously he's getting paid for this but like he is serving other people. And so it's, like, cool to see that he also benefits from, like, doing the same service.
1: I think that, too, at first, people didn't appreciate it. Like, his friend, maybe was a high school friend. I don't know that he knew. Once he found out what he was doing, he was all disgusted by his job. But then it was, like, you couldn't appreciate it until you actually needed it. Mm -hmm. And once his mom died, then it was just, like, this whole other experience that you then learn to value it. So I think sometimes people don't appreciate the rituals unless they can experience it on a personal level themselves. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the music.
3: I thought it was kind of interesting and dad can shed some light on this. It seemed like there was a lot of just Western music, like not maybe as much traditional Eastern that I would have maybe anticipated from a, lot of a Japanese music. film. Yeah, there was obviously the classical, there's Ave Maria. Anyway, I just wondered if what you thought about that, maybe having just more of the Western
2: influence
3: music in it?
2: The Japanese love the West, how they embrace the West. So many of their words come from uh, English, and, and they're, they're made into Japanese. But, and so for them to, to meld cultures and adopt and adapt them as part of their culture. Halloween, Christmas, all these things just shows their their flexibility. I think I think with the native religion being Shinto and Bukyo being an introduced religion, and yet they're intermingled. The, the Japanese will say uh, Shinto for life, the Catholic Church for uh, marriage, and Buddhism for death. So they don't have any problem melding all these different, different elements into their culture and maybe it was because they they westernized so fast when when uh, perry came and you know forced them to open and trade with the west that they they've learned to uh adapt everything while keeping it still japanese somewhat mm. it's a very yin yang yin yang yes that's a very good observation
3: yeah,
0: it yeah. is because that's it's so late, like 1854, I think, like so so late to be separated.
3: No, 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 I just thought that was interesting. I also I thought about the juxtaposition of music. He's a cellist. Music is universal, just as death is that music transcends boundaries and cultures and translates even if you don't understand if they're singing a different language there's lots of music that I love that's in a totally different language and I don't know what they're saying, but I love to listen to it. And so I was kind of thinking about the parallels between that and how probably with just the exception of the deaf community, people can have this experience with music and all be listening to the same piece, but then it can still be really individual and similarly with death and that we all experience death. You know someone who's died or, but then you can really have your own individual experience with it as well. So I just thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I love that. When he would play... Cello, and then you would see these visuals of childhood images or just like a montage of different things. But the one that was so interesting for me, and it was really an interesting break in pace, was during Christmas when they were eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I don't know what song he was playing, so maybe it was super obvious to everyone else, and I'm just... It was Ave
3: Maria, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, was, was it?
2: Okay. Over Ave Maria. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. like okay. the
4: beginning of Avi Maria that I've never heard before. <laughs> I,
0: you know, I did get flashes to Chernabog at that point. So <laughs> that makes sense that it was because they play Avi Maria at the end of Fantasia. Oh. That was such an interesting, because it really stayed present and it was just like co workers listening to him play. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Like it was just such an interesting break in the pacing, I felt like.
3: Well, they also kind of eliminated any real religious ties in that moment where he says like oh is there any problem with religion since it's Christmas and the boss says something along the lines of like any re- like he just names all these religions and it's just like no, no no we do it all and I feel like it kind of just reflects death in the sense that it's something that everyone experiences The the, the boss is respectful of whatever that belief would be I don't know I, had, I don't think I fully formed my thoughts around it but I was just something that I remembered where he, he makes that comment about the religions in that moment
0: Yeah, no, I I love that you brought that up. Yeah, it just was like such a, it was a part of the film I like couldn't make sense of. And not that I thought like it was, oh, this is like, a bad part of it, or like, how dare they do this? Like, I didn't, I liked it, but it just was like really different.
2: Well, I think if you look, and I interrupt, uh, the, the, you looked at the Christmas, the little Charlie Brown almost Christmas tree, you know, with just this cotton batting over it for 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 you know how they how they will take uh, any element or or of Western music of of Western idea and thought and just make it Japanese. So because in their minds, oh, Ave Marie is associated with Christ and Christmas, they just put it in there to show that even though it's a very secular society where religious beliefs are are not strong and and less than one percent of of the population is christian uh that they will still respect and accept that as part of their their culture they don't have any problem with that they wouldn't exclude that
4: was that the first time that he like played for his coworkers? yeah so maybe that's also because the cello and his relationship with music is just so a part of him and who he was and his growing up so maybe that was him opening up completely to his coworkers. like at this point he has decided like I'm going to do this like my wife left me but I'm still going to do this because this is like I believe in this he's seeing his coworkers have opened up to him and like invited him into this new world and so he's kind of inviting them into his world and just kind of meshing his background with their background and totally open with them yeah and, like open with his personal self in this profession not hiding anything anymore.
0: Yeah, I love that. I was thinking like, oh, this was when his wife had left him mm-hmm. and this was like, oh, I guess this is his family and so take taking a minute a beat to think about that of being together relationships Solidified with the living relationship with But then them. also like opening it up to like this is such a big part of himself too. I mm-hmm.
2: like that. Yeah, give you a little a little background, a little inside a little uh, of my my thoughts, but it's interesting the movie the movie opens with Beethoven's night with Ode to Joy which is about the I mean it's music. It opens with music, but it's a very powerful message that symphony is about the brotherhood of man. And so I think that's something that kind of sets the stage for for that for for, for the you know just not some random symphony. There was a purpose in that. Um, so the music by the famous composer Joe Hiseishi, you know, who's written a lot of studio Ghibli, most of the studio, studio Ghibli. Um, films his name was uh, he was born as uh Mamoru Fujisawa but he was so influenced by Quincy Jones and the the name Quincy can be Quincy in Japanese and the characters for that for Quincy can be read as hisaishi so the name he had and then Jones he took Joe so he actually took Joe Quincy's jo, Quincy Jones name and, and made it his his own in in a Japanese again. In a Japanese way, he said it was one of the most difficult main titles he's ever written, having to write it for one single instrument, mm. and the, the the challenge of writing the music to encompass the feeling of separation or departure, but also the love story or many love stories, if you will, actual or implied. The music, usually music, I think, is written after production, after the filming. He wrote this theme before production started, and they played it on the set almost every day
3: oh, that's to really- set
2: the, the, to inspire, to set the tone of, of, to remind people, because it is such a beautiful theme. I just, you know, I, yeah, I love it. Um, it's also been said that the, the cello, the range of the cello most closely approximates the human voice. It's the instrument that most closely approximates the human voice. Again, the, the image, the meaning of that. And there is the image of a cello if you will, and coffining a body because of its size. Um, it's interesting, the last thing, uh, Daigo learned to play the cello. It wasn't just, you know, over. He was actually playing the cello in in the movie. So there's there's hope there. See? you, you yeah. can be taught. <laughs> you can do it, you know, in addition to learning, you know, the, the, the work of the, of the Nolcanchi. And at the end of the movie, there are 13 cellos playing in unison when he does that, you know, during the end credits yeah. there. But but I think yes the the music is very powerful, perfect for this film, and I really like what Catherine said about it being universal and and uh, the appeal of that, feeling uh, your own interpretation of that. And to me, that that theme never got old. As many times as it was played, it never it never got old or boring to me. So
1: I felt there was just this connection between his love of music and like he's got this and. When you watched them do the bodies, the coffining, then it just, it was almost like music, like the way that they would, the way they would move and the things they would do, it just almost like, it felt like an, an you couldn't hear it, but it, would, it looked like what music might look like, you know, if you could actually, if it had a sound, you know, it would, it would sound like music, the actions that they were doing, it was just very it was an art form just like music is and I thought that that probably really resonated with with the main character just that he loved music and then this job that he got he could no longer be a cellist but he could perform still a form of music a form of art by doing this new job that he got I thought that was a beautiful way for him to continue to express his love of art
0: yeah I love that because it feels like it's kind of comedic but it's like such a loss right when he like achieves his dream of being able to play in a symphony and then he has to lose it and then like bare bones like a job no one wants a job that he's gonna get outcast for but then like yeah I love that connection that you brought in that's really cool
4: yeah I was kind of shocked like I kind of thought he was gonna play the cello like as a part of like funerals and stuff Mm -hmm. from the description of the movie and like really the cello had no part of it except for like when he would play it at his house or like just his personal connection to the cello. He'd never played the cello for like anyone except for his coworkers or his wife. And, but yeah, I like how he was able to still musically like use his knowledge of music to help him in his job
0: in that way. Yeah. We'll move on to the theme of journeys. So this is one that I wanted to talk about. Obviously I think we can delve deep into the idea of the crematorium and The man working there is the gatekeeper. But what I want to talk about first is the salmon. And he's like so fascinated watching them swim upstream. And then the like dead one just like floats down. (laughs) But I loved what he was saying to the guy that was with him. And he was like, they're coming all this way just to die. Like they're working so hard just to die. And the guy was like, no, they want to come home back to where they were born. That's like such a sweet, comforting thought. But I feel like it really shakes Daigo because he's like, oh, shoot, I'm back home. It's just. I think he really has to face mortality in a lot of ways. And when he goes and deals with the first dead body and then he comes back to his wife and he's like, he sees like the dead chicken and he's just like so rattled by death. And then he's like, needs to cling to something living and breathing and like that he loves. And just this juxtaposition of how scary death can be. And then over time, just like it is a part of life and it is kind of this acceptance. But I don't think we ever really like, Go one or the other, you know. I think we always have a little bit of acceptance and knowledge in this universality of death, but like we're also terrified of it, and we're also so threatened by it. You know what I mean? Like there isn't just this way of like being at peace with death.
3: Just a very quick side note: I felt reassured that no animals were harmed in the making of this movie with the <laughs> salmon and the octopus <laughs> and the rooster. <laughs> anyway,
0: well, yeah, and the octopus too. I loved that. Well, I, I did love it because <laughs> I love <octopi. laughs> But yeah, that was so interesting. Where they like are going to eat it, so they're perfectly okay with it being dead. But when it's still alive, they're like, "Oh, we need to respect life," so they try to return it. And when they were doing it, I was like, "I don't know if canucks live in like not salt water. Like, I mean, they probably can't. They're probably freshwater." <laughs> well,
3: wasn't that the ocean?
0: I couldn't tell. It looked like a river, but that has been my folly. It looked
2: like a river to me too, but uh, But it it was a prop. It was a prop. It wasn't real. (laughs) Well, yes,
0: yes, yes. But it was just interesting because like they were totally fine with it being dead originally. And I think it's Mm -hmm. like this removal and this maybe gets a little bit into life and death, which honestly, like we can at this point just blend all of our themes. He talks about the living eating the dead and he's like, I hate myself. But there I was just like kind of skipping through the movie today just to refresh myself and like there are so many scenes of people just eating like when they're traveling like they're just eating so much and so i'm like don't watch this when you're hungry but thoughts on this idea of like living in the dead and when is it like we have to eat to survive but there's a lot going on here let's unpack it
2: i think i think food is uh and the role of food is is very much a part of ritual when you think of of the rituals that we have here you know uh, the exactly, uh, christenings, uh, bl- baby blessings, uh, uh, missionary farewells, baptism, all these things we always we have food with them. Holidays, mm-hmm. we have food. Of course, we have to to to, to eat. And so, I think I think food is is a part of ritual and. Food in this movie was very important. So, the sharing of food in Japan, and I don't know that it isn't elsewhere, is a very important social practice. So it's not having your own food and in, in, in the way that Chinese you know sort of order a lot of dishes and share them all instead of just your own own plate. The Japanese are very much that way as well that you can share these shared dishes and that's an important social thing. They say that to live is to eat. And the nokanchi's work is very demanding. And so, yes, after they're done, they're hungry. They want to eat, but they do it, um, you know, with gusto. When they're given that food in the car, they just chow it down. They're eating and they're not being polite with it. They're not being, you know, careful. They're just, they eat with gusto when they're eating the chicken. They're, they're eating with gusto. And yes, what he says, you know, this is so good. I hate myself. Such a great line. And, you know, it, the eating, I think, celebrates the, the, the beauty of living, and eating. And and again, ties those things together.
1: I think it's interesting too. Like we think about our culture with funerals. Like they say, that's one of the people who are in charge of funerals say, that's like the most healing part of the funeral is to have that luncheon afterwards where all the family gets together and they eat together and they talk and they share memories. The funeral's over, but it's just that coming together to eat and share a meal that just is, it's a very healing part for the family.
3: I just was thinking more about the journeys aspect that you brought up, Rachel. Daigo's individual journey with returning home is really interesting with his dad. And the cello was so interesting because he mentions that his dad was the one who instigated it, that he had him take the lessons or paid for the lessons when he was little. And it's interesting that he's you know he hasn't disavowed everything his father ever taught him or gave him, that he still loves the cello and plays it. And then he has to sell his super nice one. And, and he's doing this little kid's cello for like, <laughs> like, literally, he goes back and was playing this little instrument. His journey with his father is really interesting. And so at the end, it's not necessarily that he we find out some backstory of like, oh, his dad really had to go away for like a war or for work, like. You know, maybe he did make some poor decisions and whatnot, and that would would still be hard for Daigo. But still, the reconciliation that he does come, that his father did always love him and was thinking about him, I think, is a really powerful journey that he goes on.
0: Yeah, and I think like kind of underscored when he has that confrontation with the woman who was like, mm-hmm. "Go, you need to go." Yeah be there and she like confesses that she like abandoned her son and just like that was like such a shocking character reveal because she's like so great throughout the whole film and then you're just like oh wow and he doesn't take it well either it's super hard and triggering for him people do bad things but they have good reasons it's like no people like do really hard things that hurt other people and there's like a reckoning with that but like what you were saying (laughs) right that
3: he did just like yeah take my dad's body and like but he did decide to go back and 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 have that that moment yeah something that
0: dad you alluded to in your kind of initial thoughts that I loved was the background of the seasons also it's just this echo of journey and death and rebirth and growth the opening shot is him driving on this wintry road right and it's cold and it's hard to see and it's cold <laughs> it's cold <laughs> um but wait it's warm <laughs> no so winter's cold actually <laughs> but then it's really subtle cuz i feel like that opening shot is like really hammering home that it's winter but then it's pretty subtle the ways that the seasons change and how time progresses in the film but it is this undercurrent of a journey nature does this nature's you know born and ages and dies every single year
4: the only note that i made <laughs> Besides the octopus crying face. <laughs> oh it was, I love the line, when I was a child, Winter didn't feel so cold. And just like, he is, you mentioned it, he's on a journey, like he's journeying back to his past where he grew up, re-exper like using his ch- childhood cello, listening to this music from his past that his dad collected, living in his old house, just like, I don't know, returning to his childhood and grappling with those feelings that he had and then eventually coming to terms with them in the very end of the film
0: that's another journey yeah like a lot of really interesting work with time and time travel mm-hmm. in, in some ways mm-hmm.
2: the rocks the stone they're part of that journey because they're an element that appears throughout their journey and and how the journey culminates with what those the, those means uh, and i don't know that that stone that that is really a tradition in Japan or a thing in Japan. I think that was kind of adapted for the movie to be to be something. But, but still, it symbolized, as part of that journey, it, it became a powerful symbol. It became a symbol of love, of communication, of a legacy passed from generation to generation, from father to son, you know, from parent to child. And I think it shows an example of how we as humans imbue inanimate objects with meaning and how those objects become an important part of our journey whether it's paintings mementos whatever it is we we give them that
0: being surrounded by plants like his the the boss's job which he he doesn't have a name right we've all just referred to him as the boss
2: <laughs> that's what he that's all he's ever known as in the yeah. film as the boss yeah he's always Cuz to he's to a boss, boss. He's very <laughs> japanese very japanese shacho san yeah yeah but
0: like He, his whole life in a lot of ways is just this business, which is like interacting and caring for the dead, which was started because of when his wife died and there was like no one to really do it. So he like filled in this hole that he saw in his community, which again, boss, he's the best. We love him. He chooses to be surrounded by plants and like the living and just the juxtaposition of that, I think is so interesting. (laughs) Like he's not this like deeply sad person, which I think is a really important part of it as well my last main topic that I wanted to get to is that thing about the gate of death being a gate. And the guy who worked at the crematorium said like, and as a gatekeeper, I've sent so many on their way telling them off you go. We'll meet again. That part was just like, so sweet. I, it's just, I feel like death is conceptualized in so many different ways and meaning is attached to death in so many different religions and cultures and stuff. And Sometimes I think there's a lot of like maybe hurt or controversy surrounding on like what people believe happen after death or different things like that, you know, whether that be reincarnation or nothing or the a good place, you know, <laughs> like different understandings of and imaginings of what happens after, but just kind of this like this gate and this and part of the journey that the journey doesn't end, but it's just the start of another journey, really echoed throughout all of this with those different layers of journeys.
2: I think this is one of the um what what's so effective about this this movie. Maybe I'm being too analytical, but you see him, you know playing playing that Japanese game of go against himself and beating himself uh, in the in the um in the public bath there. And he's just kind of this minor character, you know, just there to add kind of you know some something to some some texture, some flavor. and then he has this powerful moment at the end. Where he expresses that and pulls together so, such a powerful message that that resonates, yes, across what whatever belief system people have. Japan being such a secular society and people not really believing much in a life after death, for him to, to present that message was, was very powerful, very touching. Yeah,
1: I think to like the American title departures and thinking about going to like an airport, you go to your gate, you know, and then you leave on the airplane and you depart, you know, that's, it's like this, you're going to another place. You're, you know, it's kind of like the whole, the, the name of the American name of the movie fits that really well. Like we're going off to another destination.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that it's vague. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's kind of going back to Catherine, what you've been saying a lot is this universality. That's really a big focus of the film as well. Dad, thanks for picking this film. It was a pleasure to to watch and super fun to discuss with you guys. I'm hopeful that we can bring this back next year, another roundtable discussion with our capital regimes.
2: Thank you, everyone, for voting for it. I, I uh, <laughs> was surprised but that it was it was a selection, but I think you can see the the power through, through the writing, the message, and the, the treatment of it. Um, it sounds like maybe not that interesting of a film, but it becomes every scene, every line is uh, is imbued with meaning. I think it's a really wonderful, wonderful movie, and and well deserved of its uh, winning the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film in 2008. Yes, yeah. Definitely. So thank you for for the analysis, and I loved your insights. Everybody, they're profound and and very astute.
1: Did anyone mention too about how fun it was that she was going to have a baby, and it was just going to be like this whole another life, you know, like. <laughs> It's going to all start over again and he's going to be a dad. And oh, I thought that was so great that he was going to have, they're going to have a baby.
0: <laughs> I like that you brought <laughs> that, that up. all that death. Yeah, because I feel like I had a lot of frustration with her. Obviously, I have a very different cultural understanding of like working with death. And I can't fully judge her for the choices she made. But like, I love it when she comes back and she's just like such a, a strong character at the end. I think like, especially next to Daigo, who's like a little bit spiraling <laughs> a lot spiraling she's super strong so
2: well and how she begs him to leave now that we're going to have a baby you need to find a real mm-hmm. job how are our children going to grow up how's this child going to grow up with this kind of stigma attached to, to the parent and then of course it's the the public bath lady who 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 passes and and so touching when he ties the yellow you know kerchief around her and, and so on but he sees the love and respect that he has and and is totally changed and, and uh, a powerful moment in the film. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think it's time. Dad, do You would you like the, the honor of saying?
2: Leave the gun and take the cannoli.
0: If anyone has any cannoli questions,
3: we can just... Okay, Catherine. I do. Mine are usually Would You Rather, so... Great. <laughs> This one isn't shockingly. Well, okay. <laughs> would you rather be a cellist or mortician? Just kidding. <laughs> oh, <did> you... <laughs> couldn't... No. A mortician would be easier. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> now they weren't mortician, morticians. I, I know, <laughs> I know. That was my best like <laughs> oh, okay. on the constitute.
3: Yeah. <laughs> my question is if you had to use something to signal your emotional mood, like they used the rocks. Mm. what would you use be it funko's could be something from nature or something you own to just signal this is where i am emotionally that people saw that they just be like oh that's how they're feeling
0: funko's would be so amazing i would have a <laughs> range of options <laughs> i know i just
3: <laughs> gave you your answer
0: <laughs> yeah slash this is how how i'm communicating my feelings from now on
3: sorry <laughs> therapist tammy <laughs> progressing <laughs> is this open to all of us by the way
0: yes this is oh an only question around the round table
2: oh okay. my i thought this was just youtube but okay
3: no.
2: uh, i guess it might have to be a train
3: <laughs>
2: you know, is, is, a, is it a steam engine is it a subway is it the bullet train is it you know what train is it clean is it tracks is it you know wow thing? i like is that a, in a in a junkyard is it uh okay is, okay Engine, there's a powerful, whatever. The
3: channel, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay.
3: (laughs) I like that, Dad. That's fun. I guess you don't have to answer the canola question you present. Well, I thought of an answer. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Mine would be it's kind of maybe a cop out, but going on the nature theme, pictures of nature. So if it's like a really stormy scene, I'd have to become a really good nature photographer <laughs> or if it's you can't use other people
0: like, that has to be you yeah, it has to be <laughs> mine, <you> know?
3: <laughs> I know or like just yeah a really beautiful peaceful scene a sunset or something just like everyday scene anyway that's what I'd use
1: I can't think of anything except for like just the whole different range of movies you know like if, if you mm-hmm. could just pick a movie to say how you were feeling or what you wanted like there's horror movies and funny movies and sad movies and family movies and you know romance and drama you know it's kind of you could pick them that would that would pick what you wanted to say kind of the feelings that you were feeling then you'd have to watch it with everybody
0: (laughs) I was making a joke that this would not be a good way to it would come in place of talking about feelings but maybe it's going to enhance talking about feelings Mm. I'm in a singing in the rain kind of mood right now you know
3: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I'm always
0: feeling like (laughs) (laughs) E.T.
3: We're going to have to unpack that emotional. <laughs> <in> that <laughs>
4: <feelings>. <laughs> Every emotion is represented in that film. <laughs> um, um, Maybe I would say what color socks I'm wearing or like mm. what design is on the socks. Who is represented on my socks?
0: I like it. Mm. All right. My uh, cannoli question was the boss is surrounded by plants to help him remember life and vitality? What would you surround yourself to remember to live your best life? And you can't repeat your emotions answer. <laughs> <laughs> puppies. I've held... just a room full of puppies. 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 so
2: chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things for me. Well, one is music. Mm-hmm. I surround myself with music almost wherever I am uh, that I find is very empowering very I don't know it just means a lot to me and also pictures of people I love
3: I know I can follow the pictures <laughs> of people I know pictures is yeah. a good one I was thinking about that too but I I'll go with books uh books that I really love and that have impacted me in my life
1: I was thinking food and candy you know
2: just
1: <laughs> sweet things sweet do I go the oh, what is it called
0: the still lifes that have, like, skulls in them and stuff, you know, do I surround myself with <laughs> death to remember the to be Lord. alive? Uh, <laughs> venitas, that's what it is. Memento Mori. Spookies. <laughs> There's a theme here. <laughs> Any other off-the-cuff cannoli questions? Wait, you have to answer your... Oh,
3: yours is just I did! Light. Mine's the venitas. Okay, okay. I did so thought that. you were joking about that. But no. that's the All, right.
2: All right. Here's mine, here's mine. What instrument would you pick That you either most relate to or that you think would describe you or express your personality. And You can either a single instrument, although a group of instruments is acceptable, you know, a trio, a quartet, something, or, you know, a certain section of the orchestra or of any instrument, a guitar, anything, anything.
0: It's hard for me to not pick piano because that's been my life since I was six, right? Like, I do have a a soft spot for the banjo. I'd have to go with piano.
2: Okay, well, piano, you can express so much through that. You can express everything through that. And because you are a very versatile person and you have so many emotions and so many ways to express yourself. um, You can do everything on that. Yes.
0: You just can't play a note and make it get louder while still holding it. (laughs)
2: Like
0: big musician joke. People who rally
1: against pianists. Yes. I was just going to say that a piccolo, you know, just something small and bright, you know, and kind of just light would be something I would relate to, you know, feel like would be representative. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was going to say my voice because it's representative of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a beautiful instrument.
3: Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I like lots of instruments. I have a hard time deciding which one would most be like me, but I'm kind of, maybe it's because of departures, but I, I like stringed instruments, so go with the violin.
2: Violins are right out there at the forefront. They're often the ones that play the main <laughs> melody. They're uh, kind, kind of the you know. You're saying the, I need the, a lot of attention. The, the, yeah. the, uh, First chair, the a one big, who I, I, the I, I hand. It, but uh, major, role, major role. Dependable, big role, dependable. Yes, yes, and needy, um, punctual. <laughs> little about a little, a little about themselves too, you know. Filling. Well, a you text. said French <laughs> horn. You know that that is that is the instrument I would relate to. I would I would say relates to me is the French horn it's subtle there's a subtle it's in there but you don't always hear it it's always there it's mellow and yet when it when it comes to the forefront it just has this beautiful tonality to it uh, that uh yeah I would relate mostly to a French horn
4: um the next instrument I want to learn how to play is the oboe (laughs) Mm because it's not a far cry off from the clarinet i feel like. i know i feel like background. i could learn it pretty yeah. well because i've tried clarinet before but it's very prominently featured in the godfather music and in the pocahontas <laughs>
0: soundtrack. <laughs> so my two favorite film scores all right well we have a minute 45 left so i don't know that we'll have time for any more cannoli questions but a hearty thank you to our capital regimes for having our ra- first round table Hopefully we'll have more in the future, but this was very enjoyable. I had a lot of fun. So thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for suggesting it. This is a great movie. Loved it.
2: That was Film Club.